am back with Sierra McKenzie, and we are diving into this first pillar of the Enneagram system, and we are talking about home, we're talking about love, we're talking about work, play, and we're going to dive in first with home, which is what we're talking about, child to parent, family relationship dynamics, and yeah. I'm so excited to get into this with you. Um, I have a few questions, but if you want to kind of intro anything there before we dive right in, I'd love to hear it. Well, thanks for having me back, first yes. of all. Um, yeah, so I think just when talking about home, I think we touched on this very slightly in the first episode, but mm-hmm. just like knowing when we're talking about home, we're talking about that child, parent, family dynamic. So we're thinking about the formative years. Um, the first four years of a child's life is where you learn things like home, love, work, play, and how those intersperse throughout your life. Um, and so obviously these can be a really big deal. Um, and it's also a lot of stress. Like I think about having kids one day and I'm like, man, like how am I going to be able to raise them so that there's no la 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 things that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's obviously like that aspect of things to take into account, but yeah, let's jump right into it. Let's jump into it. Okay. So I, the first thing I think of is, you know, we have families that we can easily get on each other's nerves, right? Like we're around each other since, you know, birth. And it's just like, we know each other so well and it's driving us crazy. So we spend a lot of our time with our families. And I think it's important that we don't, we're not quick to jump into like building these hollow connections because we're just used to our family and Mm -hmm. we think families forever. And like, no matter how I treat them, they're always going to be around. Or it's like a matter of, you know, I don't, I don't need to nurture this connection because these Mm -hmm. are like, you know, it's like, it's not like our chosen friends, right? So yeah. how, how would you say we can leverage the Enneagram in order to build stronger connections with our family members to begin with? Well, I think that's what's such an interesting point of what you just brought up, because it's different from each parent-child relationship. And I think like even now, connection is such a, such a strong point. You say like, we choose our family, like that's such an interesting mindset because yeah, we've grown up with the idea that family is forever. Like it's your blood. Like I remember my dad always saying like, your sisters are always going to be around like, and it's true. Um, but it's interesting seeing how our dynamic and our growth and the ebb and flow of our lives are so interspersed based on how we connect with each other. And like, this will come into how each person feels loved. Um, but just for some background, my dad is, uh, we still don't know if he's a type one or a type eight. He literally could not care less. Um, my mom is a seven, which is the enthusiast. And then both of my sisters are type eights, which are challengers. Um, oh, they both are interesting. Okay. Yeah. So when I say that, I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder I'm a type nine. Like everybody was always radioactive at my house. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's like, it's very interesting because for example, like a type eight parent would lean toward being a bit more authoritarian, um, or authoritative with their kids. Um, whereas like a type two parent would be more in their element, like, Oh, like let's wake up and like, let's make everything fun and make everybody feel loved. Whereas a type eight can be a little bit more regimental with their kids. But then you flip the situation on its head and like a type eight child could drive any parent bonkers to an extent because the element in that relationship is control. And that's like where knowing the boundaries is the boundaries are with each parent and child relationship. So it's knowing and respecting the boundaries as parents, especially with young children um, who maybe don't want to acquiesce to the parent's ideal of what things would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for example, type five children, like they thrive when they're they're allowed to be alone and study. I had a music student several years ago who was a type five and um, it was so interesting because I would go to his house for his piano lesson, he would play and he would not say anything during the entire lesson. But then I'd ask, like, 
oh, like, how's this science class of yours going that you mentioned like three weeks ago? And he would chatterbox his way through probably like five or 10 minutes more. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like I have to go, but they don't, each child knows what the ideal is. They're smarter than most people. Like kids are way smart. We don't give them as much credit as I think we should sometimes. Yeah. Um, So when you think about a type five, like wanting to be allowed to be alone and study, a type seven parent would probably offhand think that, oh my gosh, my child is ignoring me. Like, how do I bring them out of themselves? How do I do these kind of things? When the reality is they might actually be damaging that connection with their, with their child without realizing it because the five doesn't care if they don't want to, they might not want to go to the park. They might want to sit home and read their book about rabbits and understand why rabbits work the way they do. I don't know. I'm just pulling that out of the Yeah. Unintended, unintended, but, (laughs) uh, but just even thinking about that, like, it's interesting, I think knowing and being in touch with your child and understanding like, oh, how does this work? And then as they grow older into teenagers and whether or not you have more than one child and understanding, okay, like the oldest child is going to operate different than the middle child operate different than the youngest child. There are all these different dynamics that play into it. And then obviously depending on what kind of household you have, like if you're coming from a split household, like how that interaction works, whether that's a single parent or like both parents or foster parents or adopted parents or things like that. There's all of these different background aspects. Um, So I think leveraging the Enneagram is all about communication. You may not even have a deep grasp of what each type needs or what each type wants. But I think when you know the people in your world and the kids in your world and the teenagers in your world. And as the kids know you um, or the teenagers know the parent, um, it's a lot easier for healthy communication to be had, but it also has to be taught and it also has to be expected. Um, right. And respect is a two-way street, I feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like as a parent, you can't demand respect unless you show it. I right. think it, it goes both ways. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So I think it all comes down to really healthy communication. And that's something that is not learned. Like it's a very practiced thing. So yeah. Yeah. I think I like my, one of my like main things is like just talking about like introversion and extroversion. And I think it's important, you know, yeah. I remember hearing someone saying how they are an extrovert and then their child's an introvert. And so because they were a lot more reserved, they started wondering like, what's going on with my child? Is something wrong? Like they're not wanting to get out. And like you said, like they don't want to go to the park or they don't want to go be around all these, all their friends. Like they just wanted to be home and reading or, you know, doing arts things by themselves. And so like a big answer to a lot of these concerns is like just being aware that we're not all the same. And like Mm -hmm. the things that we're, you know, so quick to want to do is like not maybe the desire of everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. And then what you said as well as like making sure that we're communicating, like just being aware of like who's around us. And also yeah. maybe like this kid, you know, this child could want to go to the park today. It doesn't mean that they're going to want to go tomorrow or like yes. for me, because I'm, I, I relate more to be like an introvert where I can go do all these things. It doesn't mean I'm shy. I can go and like party, but then like the next three days I'm like, on the couch like just we're filling up the tank you know yeah, by exactly yeah. yeah so it's like it's a yeah. lot but no I couldn't I couldn't agree with that more I think I think we need to be aware that we're not all gonna have the same mm. like drives or the same um, interests yeah yeah definitely and I think like when we are aware of that especially in our families like it's one of those things I want to know 
why are families so difficult? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, like, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I was like, I'm going to ask God one day and I'm going to ask him every day until then, God, why did you make families so difficult and so annoying? And like, how, how did that, you know what I mean? Because it's, these are the people that know you better than anybody else, but they are yeah. the people that will get on your nerves faster than anybody else and who you will irritate faster than anybody yeah. else. And it's hard because you love these people most of the time. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Right, right, right. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you want to have a good relationship with them, but you're like, how do I, how do I know you and know what you want without people pleasing to a certain extent to give mm -hmm. you what you want and still maintaining your own individuality? Because I think it's, it's, it's often quite easy for a lot of children to, to acquiesce to, yeah. to what parents want and it's yeah. quite easy for parents to think well i'm the parent like i'm the adult like just just eat your vegetables and yeah on the one hand yes of course children are children they need to eat their vegetables they need to understand like some things you just do even though you don't want to do them yeah um, for health's sake and because of love but it's all in the communication aspect of things you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah. yeah you made me think too like parents when you said parents demanding respect is thinking you know I forgot where I heard it, but it was basically saying how, you know, if a child does something wrong, right, and you mm -hmm. want to, like, like, ridicule them for, for whatever they did, and, like, you want to, like, you're basically pounding on all the reasons and how they were wrong, or, like, they shouldn't have done this thing and make them feel so guilty, but then if the yeah. parent does something wrong, they're just like, well, I'm the parent, it doesn't matter, like, you know, they can just kind of ignore it, where if we're kind of mm -hmm. showing the accountability, like, I did this thing, I'm yeah. sorry, like, let's teach the kid that, like, it's okay to admit and apologize, and not just making them feel, like you said, I'm the parent, do whatever, you just do this thing, I don't have to listen to what you're saying, because you're the child, mm -hmm. like, you listen to yes. me, we don't have to have this, like, back and forth, or, like, mutual respect for one another. Um, yeah. I, I also have this theory that maybe because we our families, we all know each other so well. That is why they're yeah. driving us crazy. They know if it's <laughs> unintentional, like they know where to stick it to us, even if they don't mean to do it and vice versa, right? Yes. Yes. It's like so they true. know what's going to get us, even if they're not trying to. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, look, let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt. It's not like anybody woke up that morning and was like, let's start a fight with so-and-so. Like right. nobody does that. Right. And yeah. So benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real place. For sure. Real place. Yeah. We're all just like, I know what you need, but I know what I need kind of thing. And yeah, we, we, yeah. Butting heads with family. It's like, you, you love them, but also like, you, you know where to get me sometimes. Yeah. True yeah. Story. Yeah. True story. Do you have um, any siblings or? Yeah. I have two sisters and I have a brother, but they are all like, I'm the youngest and one is six years older than me. And the other ones are like 18 years. Like I never even lived with them. So it's wow. like a huge gap. Yeah. That would yeah. have been an interesting dynamic growing up too then. Definitely. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know what it's like to live with the other two. My sister who's six years older than me. We, yeah. um, you know, I, I lived with her. I have a lot of experiences with her, but it's completely different. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the other two were like is like children or like, you know, their relationship with my mom because they were already out of the house by the time I was born. So it's so weird. That's wild. Yeah. Me. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In it's fact, so, I have a yeah. nephew who's actually a year older than me from like my oldest sister. That's how my dad grew up because his mm -hmm. old, he's the youngest of 12. And oh, I wow. think that that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> God bless. <laughs> I'm like, I could not do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I think even the youngest, oldest family dynamic has something to do with it. Like mm -hmm. I have friends that are youngest children and you can tell, like, it's just fun. Like my youngest sister, yeah. I was like, you are the life of the party. Like you're yeah. just fun and you don't have a care in the world. Like she does, but 
you could never tell, you mm-hmm. know? And my, my middle sister is, like, very much like, no, this is the way things are. Like, nobody can interrupt this because she's very stringent. And I'm just like, let's all get along. Right. <laughs> rainbows and unicorns here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish it was rainbows and unicorns. No, like, it's, it's just funny, like, even the birth order and, like, how that kind of plays into things and yeah. whether you have, you know – a nephew when you're born like yeah definitely. that's also an aspect of things too so yeah. yeah and I think it brings out like either the protector or the defensive in us too like the it's it's fascinating so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah now I have like younger like nieces and nephews so now it's like now I can you know take that on because I'm like I've always been the baby so now I really take like being an aunt serious you know you're probably like the cool aunt that everybody loves I, I hope can so see it. <laughs> yeah I have a niece I have a niece who's 16 and it's funny because you know Aww. I've I've been her age so it's funny I was actually visiting and I picked her up from school and I was saying like you know how was school and she was just like oh fine you know like that's what they always say and then yeah. I laughed and I told her I said you know what I'm not gonna ask you that anymore because I know when people ask me like oh how was work and sometimes it's like oh you know I do it because I have to I mean there's times where like you're really you know yeah. into it but other days you're just like I'm just I'm literally just doing this because I need to so I started asking her like what what happened at school today like what went on instead of like how was it because she's like mm. I just you know it's school is school you know you're like it's fine it's, it's yeah, yeah it's but school. when I get her to like give cool me stuff. more I'm like okay she still thinks I'm cool like okay we're just doing something here <laughs> I have the same like good job you I have the same thing my sister and I are eight and a half years apart the, the little one and it's mm-hmm. so funny like chatting with her like when I was picking her up or dropping her off as mm-hmm. a as a kid she just like why are you asking me that like it was fine like what do you it's just like oh now I pick her up yeah. like not now but like the last time I was in the states I pick her yeah. up and I'm like oh okay like stay cool be cool it's okay yeah. like I was cool when I was your age it's still in here okay <laughs> everybody calm down like it's fine yeah but then I think back to when I'm like 16 if I would have had an aunt like oh tell me about like she's weird why she asked me these questions I'm like that's me <laughs> oh how the tides have changed oh yeah <laughs> So tell me now how, how our Enneagram plays into the family dynamic here. Like when we're trying to actually have this like healthy communication. And I know you mentioned before, like in the last episode of like, when we're, when we're stressed and we might go over to this other place and we're start, you know, trying to like, we're, we're in this, I don't want to say like state of panic, but like, we're doing all the things that we're trying like not to do. Right. So how does that play in when you're having these like significant disagreements with our family? Like how do we then like use, or I don't use the word leverage again, but like use like the Enneagram to help Hmm. us when we're trying to communicate with each other? Yeah. Really good question. I think it's a lot of it is knowing where we want to go with the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it's a disagreement of some kind, like, I don't know. I think about like some of the biggest disagreements my sisters and I had when we were kids were over ridiculous things, like who broke into somebody else's closet or who borrowed what skirt. It's all like the age old cliche, but it's, it's yeah. a thing, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, who went into somebody's room when they weren't home, like permission. And so I think, again, this is, this is, here we go again, very communication oriented, but also knowing like if you're going to bring up a disagreement um, or if you're going to get into it, knowing immediately, okay, not from a manipulative source, but also what perspective is somebody coming from? Like I think about conversations that I've had my sister with my sisters that they would not dream of having with my mom or with my parents because they're like, mom would feel this way about this. Dad would feel like they know intuitively 
mom would flip her lid if she knew that I was having a thought about this. Um, yeah. Okay. Whereas like there's that, I think there's that sibling bond mm -hmm. with like, we've all grown up. Well, hopefully we've all kind of grown up together. Like we've seen each other through the strengths and weaknesses. We know what to pull out best and worst yeah. of each other and how to pull out the best and worst of each other. Um, but I think if everybody is like relatively familiar with their, um, with their personal downfall and their personal toxicity, because we do have that in us. Like we do have aspects of ourselves. We're like, I'm not proud of that. Um, mm -hmm. but we, it still is there and it comes up when we're stressed out. Um, I think knowing like, okay, how do I pull the best out of this person? How do I have empathy with this person? And that can be difficult if you're not like a high empathy person, Yeah. but also being able to put yourself into the other person's shoes and saying like, huh, okay, I kind of get where they're coming from. Like, I understand why, you know, maybe dad is not happy because we stole his car keys and decided we were going to go do something <laughs> yeah. or like why we didn't, why someone didn't reach a curfew at a certain time. And like yeah. knowing, like we know why they're, what they're feeling about it. Um, and so I think if there's a consistent approach with, okay, how is somebody feeling about this? Why are they feeling that way? And kind of approaching it from the side of we're having a disagreement with an end goal. It can keep things from going into such a massive blowout. It's difficult when you have a teenager or when yeah. you have a strong-willed parent even on hand, like for the child too, because I, I don't know, like I remember like my, one of my sisters and my dad going at it for years, like consistently, like they would say the same thing, but they'd say it differently. Yeah. And because they're, <laughs> because oh, they yeah. both have like eight tendencies and I'm not blaming this on Enneagram at all, but they both were like, no, like there's a control aspect of this. So my dad on the one hand is like, absolutely not because he's the dad full stop. Like that's it. Whereas yeah. my sister be like, yeah, but I'm my own person and you're trying to control me. Why are you trying to control me? And they'd oh, yeah. say the same things. It would just be the mannerism. And so they would constantly be these like head to head arguments mm -hmm. over classic father-daughter kind of things uh, and different dynamics and there wasn't necessarily I think the issue was that there wasn't necessarily respect on either end uh, okay. because just different aspects of things but there was never an end goal to the disagreement <laughs> because right. it was it was it, more so like it was more just like hey understand I understand what I'm myself. saying but not a, yeah. not a result yeah okay yeah exactly so I think mm -hmm. long long answer to a short question but a lot of it is just communication, making sure that you have an end goal to the disagreement. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what can we, with keeping that in mind, mm -hmm. what are, and I know this kind of, this will probably tie back into making sure we don't type anyone, but yeah, how can we make sure that we are using someone's type to help us have healthy communication, but mm -hmm. making sure we don't kind of use that to manipulate them or to, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's based on their desires and fear. So like not knowing what their fears are and then using it in that way. Like where, where's that line? You know what I mean? Yeah. I say this when I think about building teams, because if we're talking about a family unit, whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. essentially it's a team, you know? Yeah. Um, so if we're thinking about how to bring out the best in somebody, we know them when they're at their worst because they're family. Right. Um, 
So if we know what a person looks like when they're at their worst mm -hmm. and we care about them mm -hmm. to an element of how do I bring out their best, even when we're in the middle of a disagreement, it's, mm -hmm. it's a fine line between manipulation. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, you want to have the other person's best interest at heart, but you also are always going to have your own best interest at heart too. Most of us are not like, I'm going to let it go and let people walk all over me because I'm a doormat. Right. We don't want to have that attitude. If right. you have an attitude in any way, shape or form, it's unhealthy. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that when you're towing the line of manipulation and also bringing out the best in the other person, always lean more to the sides of giving people more than less. Um, so if we're talking about like stress and security numbers, and obviously this is given the chance that you, you actually do know um, the person's Enneagram type. Right utilizing that because yeah. you can know your own type but for years nobody in my family wanted they were like no it's not it's okay like my mom was excited about it because she's my mom but again like she didn't really she was always like oh maybe i'm at this and maybe i'm at this and nobody really knows and yeah this is mysterious, my, this is mysterious yeah. design, right? nobody knows <laughs> um, but there's like that element of like okay cool like i know about me i can take like an educated guess on my sisters um but the reality is like I thought one of them was a five for the majority of her life because wow. which is the um, analyst because okay. she was always going there in stress. She just is very, very, very high strung. And so she's extremely stressed mm -hmm. consistently, not to the point where she'd say she's anxious, but it was very important for her to understand why. And so like it's quite interesting being a person's sibling and being really close to them and still not being able to hit the nail on the head with something like that because the reality is when she was reading about eight she was like oh i'm definitely an eight like that just clarifies everything but because she was in five all the time it just makes sense yeah. um and so i think like when you're figuring out okay how do i have a healthy disagreement and not manipulate knowing a person's stress and security numbers like we talked about in that first episode are super helpful because you're able to see, oh, this person is stressed. They're not actually working from a place of health. So maybe that's part of the reason why we're having this issue in the first place. It's yeah. a high empathy situation. And it's a lot of the times it's taking, it's counting from five. That's something that my mom always was saying, like count from five, like just take a deep breath. You don't want to, but it really takes a second. It's like, oh, do I really want to get into this? Do I really, is it worth is it, is it worth the conflict, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. again, coming at it from a stance of, I don't know what's happening in the other person's world. Okay. And that can go for anybody. Yeah. So how would you, and, and I know since we're like talking about parents and like children, what, what's a good age in which you would even have I mean, I guess a child take this test or like, you know, what's a good age to kind of determine like, okay, this is wanting to leverage your, your kids Enneagram mm -hmm. number or Enneagram type. And then also how do we, how do, how do we use our own Enneagram type in our parenting? Like, how are we saying like, this is my type, this is how I can parent. So we're not just looking at the child's type, but also, yeah. but also ours in the process. Yeah. So there's actually a whole shameless plug. There's actually whole sections of this in the book that's coming in my book that's coming out. Um, okay. 
Yeah, so when we go through the types, like in each following chapter to each type, there will be like a massive section on at home and how parent-child relationships work within that specific type because each okay. parenting style is so specific to each type. But um, I think first to answer the first part of the question, knowing your child's Enneagram type, I think a lot of the times, because it's such a big test and because kids are kids and they're constantly changing um recognizing that the formative years are formative as we said before like i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that i was a three when i was a kid and i okay. i probably would have tested as a three when i was a kid until it was maybe 10 or 11 and then i realized or then all those nine tendencies started to really solidify right um so i would say i think even just picking up on certain aspects of your child now and not necessarily treating them like oh my child is an eight because they want to they yeah. don't want to eat their veggies for dinner, like we said. Or they yeah. don't wanna, like, like, yes, of course, they're going to have their own personalities and their own assertiveness. But just because of that aspect of things doesn't it, it doesn't it's not a whole thing. Yeah. So I think as a kid, you're looking at different parts of a whole. Um, and that's where things really start to get a little bit messy because parents we like I'm not a parent yet, but I'm a nanny and I'm a teacher. Um, mm. And so, like, I want to know the whole aspect. Like, I want to know why you feel this way and what you were doing this week and what is drawing things out uh, yeah. or what's drawing this aspect of your personality out. Yeah. Um, but I think just making an educated guess for the first several years, because again, you don't want your child to think that, oh, mom's got me all figured out now or dad's got me all figured out now. Um, because that in and of itself is, it can tend to be an invasion of privacy, especially if you're talking about like a type five or a type four or some of the more withdrawn types. So like, we don't want everybody figuring us out anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I think stemming from a place of, this is something we do as a family, not necessarily something okay. that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then like at that point, everybody has access to everybody else too. And it's a really yeah. helpful family tool when kids have access to siblings and siblings have access to parents and parents like because then yes there can be some manipulation involved yeah. but there can also be especially as kids <laughs> but oh, then yeah. there can also be that like oh okay this is just what our family does or this is what mom and i do or this is what dad and sister does or dad and brother does you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah i okay. what was the second part of that question I completely so, forgot. No, yeah, you, you answered the whole, like, just, you know, what's a good age to kind of determine or, like, work with your child on an enne their Enneagram type. Yeah. And then it was just kind of, you know, how how we're using ours uh, as a parent. I think mm -hmm. you kind of answered that. I mean, if there's anything else yeah. you want to answer, but I think you kind of answered that in, in the initial question. No, that's that. That's okay. Good. Yeah. Um, I think it's also, like you said, it's it's a really great way to kind of put that it's like this is a thing we're doing as a family you know it's not like this is a thing we're doing like we're not making you take this so that we can like examine you you know and like we're all kind of yeah. like figuring out ways to kind of communicate and work better so I think that's really important it's a really good uh thing to keep in mind mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah and then so and this is what I can I feel like everybody can relate to this maybe me more too because it's the challenger but <laughs> you know as we when you gave the example of your dad and your sister, like, I think we, you know, we hear our parents, a lot of parents will say like, my, my kid, 
who could also be, you know, 20 or 30 years old, but they'll always yeah. kind of see them as their baby, right? No matter what, there can be 40 years old and it's like, you're still my baby, right? Yes. And there's like a part of that, which can be like endearing. And it's like, okay, I feel protected by those words, but also there can be like some conflict there. Cause it's like, I want to garner like respect here. Right. Yeah. And as you're getting older, like you want your parents to res- not only like respect you, but also trust your decisions. Mm-hmm. So how can knowing your parents, Enneagram type, and then obviously then knowing yours, like how can you kind of shift that relationship from like mm-hmm. child and adult to, to like adult and adult? I love this question. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm biased. I had, okay. I had a really healthy relationship with my mom growing up. Okay. I didn't have as healthy a relationship with my dad growing up. Got it. Sorry, dad. We love you, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny, like seeing this now and even just like having conversations, like I will pick up the phone and chat to my mom about what she's making for dinner and like all these kind of things. But I think it developed more and more as an adult when I learned how to put my foot down as an 18 or 19 year old. Mm. Um, And there was that disconnect that happened where I was like, you know what? No, like I do have different views on things than you guys. And I, I like my dad is very um, more or less like old fashioned in in thought process and like the way things should be, which is why we still can't figure out whether he's an eight or a one. (laughs) Okay. Because he's very like, no, it's not right. But then on the other hand, he's like, no, like nobody can control you. Yeah. Um, He took the ambiguity from your mom, right? First, she's like, what am I? What's the mystery here? Now he's, you gotta, you gotta maybe narrow down to two, but he's not ready to give it up yet. (laughs) No, 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 no. He holds the cards pretty close to his chest. Hey. Um, no. So I think like knowing with my mom, like she wants to make everything fun and being able to communicate. Hey, like if I'm coming home to visit, like I'm, I don't want to be going to the beach one day and then going to the mountains the next day and then going to the state and going to go skip. Like I'm happy to just sit and have a cup of coffee with you in the morning. Like I'm very you know, like, and that's, yeah. that's me. But also knowing like my mom feels like I don't want to be with her if I'm not, let's go to the beach and let's go. Like, I'm not on the same level of enthusiasm and excitement. Oh, yeah. So I think like having a good push pull dynamic of being like, let's and compromise. Compromise is everything as adults. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's important for you to be able to maintain that individuality, but yeah. also as a child being like, Hey, we're friends. Like, Oh yeah. Child. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote, as you said, you could be 50 and still have that aspect of things. Um, I remember when I was like, like my mom loves to shop. She's also an interior designer. So it's like furniture, oh, but she also lovely. like loves clothes and shoes. Yeah. And I, I think when I was in college, I was more, you know, into it because I'm going with my friends and I'm gonna go shopping. But I think now I just, like, I hate shopping. I'd rather order things online. And then like, if it doesn't fit, like, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll try a different size. Or maybe I'll order yeah. two sizes and see which one fits. Because my mom, I'm not kidding you. We could go to the mall, like my sister and I, we can go with my mom to the mall, 10 a.m. when they open, and she could stay there until like 7 p.m. And meanwhile, my, my sister right and I are like just making like, sure. Absolutely not. Yeah. It, it would like one o'clock would come, and my sister and I'd be like, can we go get lunch? Like, are we? She's like on a marathon right now shopping, you know? So now, like, I think that was her way to like bond with us, but like, we're wow, kids. Yeah. We just like, you as kids, we're just like, you just buy our stuff and we wear it. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here, you know? Yeah. Um. So now I just like, I hate, it. I love to like shop. Like, if I'm finding like furniture or things like that, like to do, 
do that but more so like putting a board together like doing that online and then going yes. more you know but yeah. just standing in a store like non like I now I'm just I have complete aversion and I, that was her way to connect and that is not my thing and I think now yeah. she would probably love that if I said like oh let's go shopping but that's just not like I would be miserable there like wouldn't you rather have this compromise or we're both happy than like you're feeling great and I'm just like yeah. looking like can we leave already <laughs> It's a thing. And it's like one of those places where you're like, cool, like I did all the shopping, come over and help me put it together. Like that kind of vibe where it's like, yeah. you know, there has to be See, some I kind can of do dynamic that. where there's like a give. Yeah. Yes. See, there has you to be can like do the shopping take. and then I will help you put the outfits together. I just don't want to be there while you're buying all the stuff, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Real place. And it's so funny because it's like, yes, of course, like parents I love that. Like, I love when you have a parent that's like, I want to connect with you. I want to be with you. I want to like be yeah. part of your life. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't have that. And I feel mm -hmm. so blessed that I yeah. had a mom who was really invested and was like, cool, you want to do this? Like, let's do it. I'll be here for you. I'll be cheerleading you on. Like, yes, you still have to get all of this other stuff done, <laughs> Yeah. but I will be here for you. Excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think like it just, and like, okay. So talking with my dad yeah. from a standpoint where it's like, maybe not as, healthy dynamic growing up. And it's not because he didn't care. It's yeah. just that he wasn't around as frequently as my mom was. Like I was with my mom all the time. Uh -huh. Um, and so like coming at it from that point of view, it's like, okay, like I know what he expects and I'm like, we're not ever going to have probably like a friendship dynamic, but that doesn't mean I'm going to call him up and say like, Oh, like, this is what I was thinking. Like, I want to connect with him. He is all about sports. He loves the Olympics. He loves his classic football games. Like he loves that kind of stuff. He's not really a people person. So if I'm picking up the phone to call him, I'm like, so how's the football game? How's all this kind of stuff? And figuring yeah. out how to connect with him. Maybe not necessarily out of a zone of like friendship, but like he's my dad. Like I still want to be able to maintain that connection with him. And so I think that there can actually be a bit of a, a differentiation between being an adult and being a friend with your parent there yeah. there has to be an investment on both ends and yeah um a lot of the times there is but sometimes there's still that little bit of like oh, okay like we'll have we'll have a little bit of both and we'll have a bit of time and sometimes i'm going to be the one telling you about my life and sometimes you're going to be the one telling me about your life and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna listen and making that choice in your mind in advance like this is this is my this is where we're this is where we're coming from um so i think like obviously always like that element of compromise and, and also just like reminding them, Hey, I'm an adult. Like the amount of times I've chatted with my chatted with my mom and just been like, yeah, but you have to think about it from my sister's point of view. Like yeah. she doesn't live at home anymore. She doesn't necessarily need to keep you in the loop about these kind of things. And mom being like, Oh yeah. Like that actually makes sense. And reminding them that while we're their kids, we're, we're not, we're always think seasons change, you know? Um, for sure. Yeah. My sister, and, and, our, and our wings house. change, yeah. right? <laughs> and our wings change and we're sometimes stressed and we're sometimes like, you know, all the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, okay. it's, it's all changing. Yeah. Sierra, thank you so much. As we um, just dive into this whole discussion on the Enneagram types in home, I think it's really important to kind of just get to understand where everyone's coming from. And like you said, there's a mutual respect there with everybody, different family dynamics. Uh, so I'm really excited to dive into the next part of this conversation, which will be on love. And that's yes. actually a great segue coming from home and talking about family dynamics. So I'm really excited to kind of get into that and share that with the audience. 
thank you so much for having me again. I am so excited to talk about love with you. And yes, thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking about home and just how family dynamics work. And I'm looking forward to hopefully you hearing more about that, reading more about that eventually too. Yeah, same. So you guys can all join us for the next part of this series and it's on love again, and that will be next week. Thank you so much, Sierra. Hi, this is Sierra McKenzie. I've written a book, Complete Guide to the Enneagram, which is a modern approach on self-discovery and connecting well with others. This book is for anyone looking to unlock your potential for growth, success, and self-discovery while also understanding the people around you better. Go ahead and pre-order the book available in the show notes. Hope you enjoy it.